Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50 plus ball games every summer and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for 100 bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week in the Clubhouse, our stadium series continues in the city of brotherly love as we discuss Citizens Bank Park, home of the Philadelphia Phillies. We're entering the home stretch of our stadium series that has seen Anthony and I dedicating one episode to every team and discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We're also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews I did with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to watch a live ball game in all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our more regular episodes that we'll be dropping every couple of weeks or so. So make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes for free so that you never miss out on one of our wonderful guests. This episode was recorded in the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jane. Sitting next to me, as always, is my adult friend, Anthony Rapp. Baseball. <laughs> baseball is fantastic. Today, on a very special Stadium Series episode, we were continuing to break down every single ballpark in the country. Why are we doing that? Why are we breaking down every single ballpark? Is it because you and I may have some insight into all 30 ballparks yeah because manish guess what what you and i are among the very few select folks who don't work in major league baseball who've actually been to all i'll tell you this so the ballpark that we're going to be discussing today when you say people who work in major league baseball even a lot of people within major league baseball have not done what we're doing including the former owner of the uh uh philadelphia phillies bill giles He's never been to all 30. He has not been to all 30. I I, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, spend about four hours in a car, just me and him, uh, driving. I apologize in, in retrospect, Mr. Giles. <laughs> I apologize. Hey, he loved me. Retroactively. He loved me. We talked baseball for four hours in a car, driving back and forth between Philly and New York, and he was awesome. I loved it. He told me so many amazing stories that I'm actually I'm not going to be able to tell you on the air. I'll have to tell you off the air because they were all off the record. But they were, wow. 
he has lived quite the life and sure. done quite it is awesome um but he was telling me that he was actually a little bit envious of me because he had not seen all 30 parks yeah he hadn't been to most of the al parks he's like i haven't been to most yeah, of the al sure, park why sense. would i Citizens Bank Park. That's another. Yes, bank. it's another bank. Actually, I haven't uh, even announced it yet. It is the home of the Philadelphia Phillies. Citizens Bank Park. That's three banks in a row. Yeah. PNC, Copan, um, and it's a. I haven't been there a while. Um, the last time I was there was in '08. Um, when I was uh, had the really wonderful birthday gift of getting to go to a World Series game there. Uh huh. Uh, it was game. I want to say. Oh, I would have to remember if it was game. four four or five because i think that the rays had the better record okay so they had home field or, or not the better record it was because it was the all-star game situation that gave them the home field but anyway yeah. it was a game that the, <clears throat> game that the phillies won that joe blanton started oh yeah um and andy sonnenstein started <laughs> for the rays <laughs> where and are they now joe blanton hit a home run in that game if i remember correctly it was a game that the Phillies won handily, and I was sitting. Uh, I was sitting in great seats behind the the third base dugout. Mm -hmm. um, so among the Tampa fans who were clanging their cowbells and stuff. <laughs> um, but it was just it was it was the only first and last time I've been to a World Series game. So that's my most recent memory of being there. Okay, um, at, at the at the actual ballpark. Had you ever been to Old Veteran Stadium? Never. No. The vet was awful the vet was a pit the yeah, vet i believe you. was the grass looked like green some like like painted on cement Ew. like yeah it just it was awful um uh, i appreciated the history of it there and i appreciated all that but but the vet in and of itself was just a terrible stadium it's just weird that they're <clears throat> we went through such a period of all stadiums looking like garbage well they were multi-purpose because yeah, it's because football would tear it up care, but still so what i don't even mean the grass but just oh the just stadium, the, they yeah. just were ugly concrete jungles and now i'm just so glad that we've come through the other side of that into into more beauty absolutely and, and citizens bank is a very nice ballpark and citizens bank I is really great. like the brick you know the brick um, yeah they've got a little bit of ivy you know they don't have the full ivy they got a little bit of ivy and it's a little bit idiosyncratic if my memory serves me well about like the the configuration of the field is a little there's like yeah. little nooks and crannies and stuff well, and the way that the stadium there's like le the way the levels are there's like a little i don't know there's it's almost like a lego set sure you know. well they have what i like to call the secret garden there's a little secret garden in center field where uh so if you go to their center field behind center field i should say so not on the field but in the concourse behind center field there is a, so that's where the bullpens are located. And that's also where their wall of fame is located, where all of their plaques are and all that good stuff that you can kind of look at their history. Which I didn't see because, you know, when I was going to these parks without you, I wasn't doing the whole just walk around, which I regret. I mean, not regret. Like, right, right. No, right, I don't sit in the, in bed and stare at the wall and regret the times I didn't. I don't know. I, I can see you pining over there in your bed, just uh, um, looking off in the distance like Fievel, just singing to himself. Fievel? Yeah, Fievel goes west, baby. I know, but you're, wow. Somewhere. Mixed metaphors much. But, um, oh boy. So, <laughs> I yeah, I didn't experience morning. all those things. But I have sat in very various spots in the ballpark. I, yeah. The first time I ever went was there were, the Cubs were in Philly and, you know, Philly's a really easy train ride from New York. So oh, my, my fellow Cubs fan, New Yorker friend, James and I went and we saw some games. Um, but yeah, we, we sat in the, in one of the upper decks and that was the game. And I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast where it was a Mark Pryor, Eric Morton, or is that Milton, Eric Milton game, major pitchers duel. And uh, there was a no hitter. It was a no hitter going into, I believe, the seventh or eighth inning. I mean, it was a late inning no hitter, 
and it was um you know it was prior who was who had the no hitter yeah um going and the you know the philly the 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 word on the street about the phillies fans is that they're boo birds and they're really obnoxious and they're hostile mm-hmm. um that was not our experience that day because mm-hmm. we were wearing our cubs gear and they were you know it's the kind of thing like the, the, there's the closest i've ever been to being in a ballpark where there was an actual no hitter that went that deep and that there's that thing where nobody's talking no you're not supposed <laughs> to talk about it and so we weren't talking about it but we were sort of like we started to look at each other and you know and they were the the phillies fans who were there among us were like there was a i had the i had the memory of it being like an appreciation of what was happening and that was nice okay and then uh and then it was like a two to nothing i believe we lost two to nothing but I, I don't even remember it exactly because <laughs> it was it was exciting for a minute there for a while to like oh my we're watching something really crazy <laughs> um so that was my first experience and then and then i've sat you know in closer seats and stuff um but i haven't like i said done the whole thing and i don't even remember if i ate anything because i wasn't i wasn't being as conscious then about like let me sample the different food yeah. items at the different ballparks so i could talk yeah you're just going to a ball game you're just going to a ball game and I, and i've talked about this before too i think that it's a shame that it's situated where it's situated it's like that and the where the eagles play yeah um they're like in parking lots yeah like sort of on the weird outskirts of philly and yeah it's not like it's not to say that philly has an amazing skyline but there's a there's definitely a, a after especially area. after going to places in detroit and cleveland and denver and chicago and places where you are just placed right in everything and and you know there's there's working businesses all around you it's it's yeah i i like it when you're surrounded by the culture in the city and, and you're not kind of in the middle of the nowhere so places like oakland places like kansas city places you know all, all, all milwaukee even you know you're just kind of there in this large giant parking lot and it's yeah. like yeah you're so disconnected yeah. from your community yeah that's a bit of a shame but uh but real quick to, to finish my thought earlier about behind there's their secret garden oh yeah is that that's all right they oh, sh- sorry to have interrupted and tangentialize which you never do <laughs> is that the is that the tone that i that i that i put out there that i was upset with you no i just wanted to, i honestly so i don't forget uh it's the um so they have this thing that i like to call the secret garden or so behind their center field concourse it's where they have their bullpen. They also, much like Cincinnati, in Cincinnati's Hall of Fame, uh, I mentioned in our uh, uh, Cincinnati episode a couple of weeks back, that uh, you can, uh, they've got the the uh, pitching mound that you can pitch off of inside their Hall of Fame, kind of a little pitching cage, and they've got little metal baseballs that you can practice your different grips on, your fastball, your curveball, your slider, etc. And so they actually have the similar thing in uh, Citizens Bank. It's not in the Hall of Fame, but it is attached outside of their bullpen and so it's actually really cool where you can stand there and watch them warm up and watch the relievers uh get their arms ready and you can hold on to these little metal baseballs and kind of once again practice your grip while you're seeing them pitch the exact same pitches so it's kind of a cool little uh, um learning experience for people and so in that area though they have so they have the ivy there uh and their batter's eye they've got ivy in center field and there's like a little slit there's like a little opening between where the hall of fame is and where the outfield wall is and so you can kind of crook your neck around this corner and look into a very narrow uh opening where you can kind of see into the field but it's from behind the wall and it's a really interesting kind of like hidden section that you can look onto the field uh at so like i said it's but what are you looking at 
the outfield. You're not just looking at the outfield. It's oh, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just looking at the outfield. Um, you're not, you you can't see the entire view. It's yeah. kind of like a voyeuristic view into the little bay. I don't, I honestly, I don't even think it was intentional. I don't think that they put it in there for any specific reason. I just thought it was cool. I, yeah, I well, might be creepy, the only person. Manish, of course, found that because he's a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If that's where we're going to take this, fine. Creepy Manish found it because he's a creeper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you got a sound bite of me saying that about myself. Uh, yes, <laughs> my goals of 2016 are fulfilled already. Wait, we're deep into 2016, my friend. I don't know what I you're know. talking about. I we're know, deep into 2016. It's, like it's, it's, it's fulfilled. That's my, that was my primary. <laughs> we're not goal. hours into it. We're we're months into it. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, Philly is is you mentioned their fans. And when I was on my 30 stadium tour, everyone, and I've been to Philly many, many times to go to many different types of games. So I've experienced Philly's fans before, but people were always trying to warn me, oh, be careful when you get to Philly. They're animals. They're, uh, they're going to kill you. When I got to Philly, and I can't remember if I say this on my rounding third episode, so I want to make sure that I say it now just so that I can give Philly some love here. When my foot hit the pavement out of my car after parking, I had my Tigers hat on. I, you know, I was clearly the enemy, although maybe not an NL enemy, you know, a divisional rival, but still, you know, a visitor. There was a group of fans that were sitting uh, tailgating, you know, a couple of uh, parking spaces away from me. And one of the guys immediately, hey, who? Tigers fan, what are you doing? And I was like, okay, here we go. You know, I'm, pre I'm preparing myself. And I went over there and I kind of chatted with him for a couple minutes. First thing he did, offered me a beer and a hot dog. To come, you know, let's tell you stories about, about what if I had been that guy and I don't drink beer and I don't eat hot dogs? I don't drink beer, I do eat hot dogs. Yeah, so but I I'm just saying, but what if I've been like, he'd been you like, say, Hey, Cubs fan, get over here. You say, Thank you very much. I don't drink beer or hot dogs, but I'd love to sit and chat with you. would punch me in the throat. I don't think so. I, 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 you know, <laughs> you sit there. I, I get offered beers constantly at the ballpark and, and I always have to turn them down, obviously, because I don't yeah. drink and uh, anymore. And, um, People are nice. People are good. They understand. They'll offer you a water bottle and they'll say, hey, come and just chat about baseball. So, yeah. So I met some really amazing fans. So basically what I like to say is that every single ballpark, every single fan base has their a-holes. And every single fan base has their, those people that show up who make life difficult for everybody else and give a bad name to everybody else. Philly may have, I think they just grab the headlines more. Than everybody else. Uh, they probably do boo a little more. Sure. But you know, but like the big knock, and you may not know this because it wasn't a baseball related thing, it was a football thing, but the big thing that is always brought up when you bring up the Philly fans, and I'm sorry, Philly fans who are listening to this, and I'm going to say it again they boot Santa Claus. Like that's the whole gimmick <laughs> is that they boot Santa Claus. But the real story about that is they didn't boot Santa Claus. Santa Claus got drunk. And the guy that was supposed to be Santa Claus did not show up to that game in any condition uh, to go on the field. Story. So they found some random fan yes. that was in the crowd that was dressed in a kind of Santa suit, but was thin and didn't look like Santa at all. Had no idea what he was doing. He came on the field, clearly not a performer, didn't know what he was doing. And yes, they threw snowballs at them because it was a cold game. The, the, the Eagles were playing horribly. And they were throwing snowballs at him. It's not like they were throwing, you know, batteries or whatnot. It's 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 the winter. It's a snowball fight and whatever. So, like, I've been to I've been to games at, at Camden Yards where I was surrounded by drunk idiots. I've been to games. I mean, heck, um, 
earlier this season when you when you and I took uh, young Ty Simpkins to a baseball oh, game, at City Field. and those 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 fans at City terrible. Field were horrible to him to a fourteen year old, you know, yes. horrible to yes, him. That was terrible. So every fan base is going to have some people that are going to give you a bad name. I loved the Philly fans. I thought they were they were fantastic. I interviewed uh, some some really great people. I interviewed this young lady who uh, was, I believe, she was coming home from Florida for the first time in like three years, and was just over the moon to be going, finally going back to a Phillies game. And I think she's going to college down there or something like that. And um, you know, you can just feel that they similar to P- to, to Pittsburgh, similar to Detroit, they love their sports there. Yep, they love their sports. Yep, there. you know, I approve of that. So, yeah. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to say about the the city of Brooklyn? Like it occurs to me it's been a while. I'd like to certainly go back. It's an easy one. We can do it. I mean, next year when you're when you're done, because you'll be done. You know, in, in the middle of August, there's, there'll still be a month and a half, two months of uh, baseball left by the time you're done. So it's an easy. I mean, that's a, Philly's an easy hour and a half train ride. You know. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm it's not. Aware. It's not bad. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. We're gonna now connect you over to the rounding third segment of this this podcast i hope you guys have been enjoying that you know it, it's been you know it's 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 been an interesting several months here six seven eight months here with anthony kind of traveling across the country we've, we've had to you know be a little bit creative in, in our episodes but uh thank you guys for for sticking with us and and for enjoying hopefully the the my old podcast so thank you very much for listening thank you for listening thank you mr rap thank you for talking <laughs> We will see you next time here in the clubhouse. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with the hysterically funny comedian Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy is the host of the Never Not Funny podcast and one of my comedy idols. In this clip, Jimmy discusses being in attendance to witness his beloved Chicago White Sox defeat the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to win the 2005 World Series. It's so funny. We all converged behind the first base dugout up on the concourse. It was like we all sort of like, we got to get down there because we had club seats, and mm. so which were great seats to watch the game. It's like, well, we can't celebrate up here by ourselves. We got to yeah. get down there. And it seemed like everybody had the same idea. So we all kind of were like behind the first base dugout up on the concourse. And then as soon as they won, we all ran down. Yeah. You know, trying not to get punched by Angels sure. fans. Sure. And, uh, you know, the team was all coming out and, you know, running around and shaking up the champagne and all that. And it was, um, to me, it was a great day because I live here. Like, what are the odds that I live yeah. in the city where I get to watch my team clinch yeah, to go to the World Series? Like, I didn't have really to go special. anywhere. I just, it it happened in my backyard. Welcome everybody to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. Today's episode, the Philadelphia Phillies and Citizens Bank Park. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. The city that booed Santa Claus. The city that likes to throw batteries at people. 
the reputation of the city of Philadelphia, or at least Philadelphia sports fans, is, is uh, not very positive. Every single stadium that I went to this summer, I wore my Tigers hat. And at every single stadium, I had someone inevitably tell me, oh, so you're doing this 30-stadium tour. Watch out when you get to Philly because they're animals. Philly, they're animals. Their fans are animals. <laughs> now, to be fair, I, I have been to sporting events in Philly before. I've actually been to Philly's games before, not at Citizens Bank Park, but at the Vet about 10 years ago. I made it in just under the wire in 2003. I was living in Washington, D.C., and I decided I needed to take a train up to Philly so I could quickly catch a game at the legendary veteran stadium before they tore it down. Now, I'll get to that in a minute, but this is all just to say that I, I have been to games in Philly before, so I, w I was aware of their reputation. Obviously, it would be different if I came strolling in with the Mets hat on or a Braves hat or any of the other division rivals, but regardless, you know, I, I've had some, some interesting conversations with, with Phillies fans over the years. They are a passionate bunch, and they... They will let you hear it. They will let you know about how much they love your, you know, their team and, and how much they hate yours. <laughs> so basically everyone kept on telling me, you know, before you get there, I would take that hat off because they're just going to be so completely rude to you and they're going to throw beer at you and they're going to yell at you and scream at you. So I kept that in mind as I drove up to the stadium. I got to the, got to the ballpark a couple hours early as, as I've done throughout the entire tour and as I pulled into the parking lot that is shared by Citizens Bank Park and what is the name of the, e uh, 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 what's it called? Lincoln Financial Field. Can we please figure out a way to just call these places Eagle Stadium sponsored by Lincoln Financial or something like that? I don't know. It's, it's making it very difficult to keep all of the, uh, the different stadium names and the different sports clear but whatever that's that's a conversation for another day uh, so when I got to the parking lot there was only a couple of cars that had beat me there that had already set up their tailgating equipment and were well into their their pregame festivities so I parked my car and uh, another car came in right behind me and parked next to me and it looked like they were going to meet some other tailgaters that had already arrived so I get out of my car, and the, the second my foot hits the ground, I see them make eye contact with me. And I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm not very nervous. I'm, I'm used to this, and the playful ribbing I've gotten pretty much at, at all the stadiums I've gone to has been pretty banal. It's been fun. It's been nice. At the end of the day, very few people really hate the Tigers. When I was in Cleveland, it did take them a little bit of time to warm up to me. But other than that, it's been fine. So as I stepped out onto the pavement and made eye contact with these Philly fans completely decked out in their hats, their jerseys, they had coolers pouring out of the, the trunk of their car and they were ready to go, I did. For, for, a, for a split second, everybody else's warnings creeped into my skull. Be careful about Phillies fans. They're animals. They're going to treat you like garbage. They are scary, scary people. I'm not exaggerating in any way whatsoever. I went over. I said hello. The first thing out of their mouth was, Hey, nice to meet you. You want a beer? 
They offered me a beer. I have been going to tailgates all summer long. And several people have offered me food and drinks after we've gotten to know each other and after we've started chatting and after they found out that I'm doing the stadium tour. This was the absolute quickest that anybody offered me a drink or food. And I'm not, I wasn't expecting it from, from anybody, just kind of a mere observation that here, here are these people that everyone has this, this very linear, very specific definition of what makes a Philly fan. And here I was showing up in a Tiger's hat in their ballpark, and they immediately offered me a beer and, and asked me to come join them and, and chat with them for a little bit. And this is before they knew that I was doing any type of stadium tour. I was just some random stranger to them. They couldn't have been more polite. They couldn't have been more nice. And when I did start talking about the stadium tour, it, I ended up talking to them for a good 15, 20 minutes. It was uh, really a lot of fun. So Philly fans... I just want to tell some of the stories about the fact that you guys have some really awesome, amazing people in addition to the small percentage of animals that you may or may not have. During this visit, I met no such animals. During this visit, I met only really nice, really polite, still passionate, still diehard Phillies fans, but ultimately incredibly gracious and incredibly inviting and welcoming. And we were all rewarded to an unbelievably exciting game that ended in walk-off fashion. In fact, there is something about the NL East. I don't know what's in the water in the NL East, but I'm a big fan because I've had three walk-offs on this tour so far. The first one, the New York Mets. The second one, the Washington Nationals. Now the third one, the Philadelphia Phillies. There is something about that National League East division that loves it some close baseball. Before I get into what I thoroughly enjoyed about this ballpark, I do want to introduce you to a young lady that I met in the parking lot of Citizens Bank Park before the game. Her name is Sarah Dutton, and she is a crazy passionate Phillies fan who had just come back after living in Florida for the last couple of years, and this is her first game back at Citizens Bank Park since she had left the city. She was very excited, she was very nervous, and she encapsulated everything about why I love sports fans. Her passion, her, her anxieties, her just neuroses about her team is so universally true. So many baseball fans that I know have the same thought processes and so many of her experiences I've had, which you'll hear in the interview, and it was just really nice to connect with someone like that. Once again, it was just a random stranger that I met in the parking lot at a Phillies game. Couldn't have been more nice. So without any further ado, I want to introduce you to Sarah. It's about a five, six minute interview. After that, come on back and we'll talk about why I absolutely adored Citizens Bank Park. Enjoy. So I'm standing in the parking lot outside of Citizens Bank Park with Sarah Dutton. Sarah, it's nice to meet you. And you are completely decked out in Phillies gear, and I heard that this is your first game in about three years because you've unfortunately not been living in the city. So can you tell me, what are you feeling right now as this is just the first time you're seeing a Phillies game in, in so long? Uh, anxiety. <laughs> um, I'm just really happy to be back. Uh, just, yeah, I feel home. I feel home again. It's what got me through college every weekend, even sitting in class, checking the stats, making sure how they're doing. Kill me when I was in a basement class and I couldn't get updates. <laughs> uh, 
walking down the street when they won the World Series, it's just it's just bringing back a lot of memories and makes me really happy to be back. I'm not even lying. That almost brought a tear to my eye. Just the <laughs> fact, I'm serious, the fact that you're saying that you finally feel home, you know, I got to tell you that this whole process for me of, you know, going to all 30 ballparks is, is kind of my way of finding my home as well and trying to figure out how every single city has people like you who really just, you know, through all the good times and the bad times, your baseball park is always there. Your baseball park is the thing that you just feel the most comfortable at, the most, I don't know, you just feel connected when you're here. And so I, just to hear you say that is just so, so unbelievably uh, uh, happy. I, I'm very, very happy. So you've been a Phillies fan, I'm assuming, your entire life? Yeah, well, uh -oh. well until I moved to Philly. Sure, okay. I wasn't, I didn't watch much baseball. My parents were never baseball fans. I played soccer, but as soon as I moved to Philly, it was immediate. Yeah. So, at what, what age did you move to uh, Philly? Uh, 19. Oh, okay. Wow. So, you were able to really see most people, even if you're, if you're not a fan when you're a kid, it's kind of hard to jump on board. But the fact that you were able to jump on board as a teenager like that, that's also, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So, do you remember your first ever game at, uh, I said, was this, was Citizens Bank there when you were 19 or was this uh, Veterans? It was, it was Citizens Bank. It was Citizens Bank? Okay, oh, yeah, because I'm not quite sure. When did, when did they tear Veterans down? <laughs> I have a lot of friends that were, you know, diehard all their life Phillies fans, so they, they kind of, you know, helped me and educated me, but uh, they, they knew it when it was veterans, but I've only known it as citizens. Okay. Yeah. All right, so then basically, do you remember your exact first moment of, of walking into the sands and kind of seeing it all for the first time? And, and if you can remember, what kind of you felt like that day? Um, it was probably, it was probably an afternoon game. I didn't go to class. I remember I didn't go to class. It's the way to do it. Afternoon game, so <laughs> me and my roommate we took the we took Septa down here, which is awesome because it's so easy to get here, and we pretty much got we had a good time. <laughs> Fair enough. You enjoyed a, a couple time, of adult beverages, maybe. And we rooted for our favorites, and you know we got safely home basically, and it was. It's, to be honest, they all kind of blend together because they're all so great. Every single one. I've never been to a bad Phillies game. The worst Phillies game I think I went to was postseason against the Giants. Fair enough. And yeah, that's then, always heartbreak. It, that was the end of it. That was the end of it. And I was with my dad, and I was like, well, next year, I guess. And that was it. So when you were down in Florida, were you able to follow the Phillies at all there, or was that kind of rough for you to do? It was rough. I, I got MLB Network, and I, wa I tried to watch it, but it really just got me upset, so I <laughs> tried to stop. But I, tried, I stopped. I went to spring training. I did. I went to spring training down there in Clearview, or Clearwater. Clearwater. Yeah. And I actually fun. did that myself. That's a really nice stadium down there. I started this tour down in, in uh, spring training. I, I caught a Phillies game. I yeah. really like that park. Yeah, it is a beautiful, beautiful park. And that was a lot of fun. I went, I think I went four games there. And I think I saw them play the Mets. Uh, I forget, the Sox. Um, and two other, the Pirates. Played the Pirates. <laughs> Very nice. Well, yeah, spring training is always a fun time. But... All right, so then last question, basically. I know you said they all kind of run together, and I appreciate that because I've been to so many games. You're right. It, it, there's never a bad time in a ballpark. But if you can just, you know, point out one moment that you can really specifically remember of coming to a Phillies game and saying, that's, a mem that's, that's the reason why I keep coming back. Right there because either it was a play on the field or an experience in the stands or well, no matter what it was, who you were coming with, just something specific that says, that is Phillies baseball, and that is why – I come back year after year, despite maybe not having the best record in the league. Uh, okay. Well, there are seats. I forget what they're called. They're called the, the Turkey Hill Grand Slam seats, you know. And uh, someone sold them, and I picked them up. 
And so we're right there behind the uh, right outfield, and they put you on the big screen. So I was on the big screen for the Grand Slam, you know, seats that I just happened to pick up. I didn't know they were the Grand Slam seats. Sure, sure, sure. And then uh, the, dug uh, the bullpen, they all come out, and they signed a bunch of balls for me, and they were just all really great, friendly guys, and I just I love the Phillies. They're all great guys. Even when they left, I cried when Burrow left. It was, it was terrible. And then when he came back, I was there for the, you know, when they got their rings. And uh, everyone was crying when he came back, and it was sad to see him go. It's just, it's a family, and that's why I love coming here. I'm th you've hit all the buzzwords for me right now. You've hit family, you've hit home. You are the perfect fan right now. I really <laughs> appreciate it. You know, I'm almost done with my tour here. And, and you know, the, the one thing that I'm trying to find at, at, from a lot of ballparks is women and women who really love the sport. Not women who come with their boyfriends or their fathers or their sons or whoever, but women who actually come and watch the game on the field and have the type of passion that you seem to have. So I got to just, and I, I know I said the last question, but this is actually my last question. Do you think... What do you think we need to do to be able to get more young girls into the game of baseball so that they're coming and actually, you know, as passionate as someone like you? You know, what do we need to do to get not the 19-year-old girls, but the 5-year-old girls and the 6-year-old girls and the 7-year-old girls to come out here and really love this sport the way you and I love this sport? Well, I think it's, you know, it's on a dad. It's on a dad. It's on the parents, to be honest. They have to instill passion. Um, my parents didn't instill passion in me. I, I mean, I've played soccer, and I love soccer, sure. but it's... You just got to instill, like, maybe a mom, which is going to be hard because not that many moms love baseball. <laughs> but that's what I really think it's going to be. And vicinity. As easy it, the easier it is for you to get to a ballpark, the easier it is for them to love it, you know? Like, you need to get them out there and... Or just buying some video games, crap, you know? All they're doing nowadays is playing video games. <laughs> you know what? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we're back. So I want to thank Sarah for joining me for a couple of minutes there. You heard her boyfriend in the background chiming in every once in a while. He was also incredibly lovely. And we had a great chat just about Phillies fans and, and the stadium and the bad rap that you guys seem to get. Here's the secret about sports fans. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care what city it is. I don't care what country it is. I don't care what continent it is. If you've got a stadium full of, let's say, 30,000 people, 40,000 people plus, there are going to be some awesome people, there are going to be some miserable people, and then there are just going to be people that are there to see a game. The percentages may vary from stadium to stadium, but for the most part, the people that are there to see a game and the people that are wonderful people highly outnumber the miserable animals. It's just unfortunate that the miserable animals get most of the column inches, the animals are the ones that get talked about on the news or in the highlights or if you came back from a bad experience at a game, you're going to rant and rave about that lunatic who is hurling obscenities or drunkenly falling all over everybody in the stands. Yes, Philadelphia has had some bad times <laughs> in, their, in their franchise history as far as their fans are concerned. They've been very vocal about losing. And I respect that. Absolutely, I respect that. And you know what? For all I know, maybe you Phillies fans embrace the gimmick. Embrace the knowledge that, that other teams' fans are scared of you. Because maybe that will help the other team be a little bit scared of you. And if that is the case, then more power to you. Anything you can do to get a home field advantage, I'm on board with. 
But I will say, as an outsider, as a stranger in your in your land, and as a guest in your house, you could not have made me feel more welcome. And it is an absolutely beautiful house. As I said, I had gone to a game at Veterans Stadium back in 2003, and so I remember the, the field that was essentially just green spray paint on cement. That's what the field looked like. I mean, I, I felt terrible for anybody who went to play on that field. It just looked miserable. And it was just dingy and dirty, and I'm pretty sure I saw a rat. I don't know. God bless Veterans Stadium. It had a heck of a lot of history, and as a man who likes to embrace the old, as I've mentioned in other podcasts, I love Tiger Stadium. I love Wrigley and Fenway and old Yankee Stadium, and I would have loved to see Ebbets and Forbes Field and all the great legendary fields from from generations gone by. The vet was one that maybe had out lived its welcome. And as you heard in that interview, uh, Sarah's boyfriend chimed in that it, it you could tell that there was a bit of relief when the Phillies finally made the move to Citizens Bank. And the difference between Citizens Bank and the vet is night and day. There are many times when teams move to a new ballpark where you get that nostalgic feeling of, oh, yeah, but it didn't have this and it didn't have that. And I... There's always a bit of disappointment. I'll tell you, this was my first time at Citizens Bank Park, and I did not miss the vet at all. The first thing that really jumped out to me was in the outfield. When I was walking along the concourse, I noticed this is where they have their Phillies Hall of Fame. They've got their plaques up there, and they got a little bit of history about Phillies baseball. And So I made my way over there, and I was checking out just some of the plaques and snapping some photos. It's also located directly next to the bullpens, which has something that I believe every single ballpark should have, which is these instruction manuals, basically, on how to throw different types of pitches with metal balls attached to these placards. So you can actually put your fingers on a ball and learn how to throw a a sinker or a fastball, curveball, changeup, whatever, but just to learn the finger positions, which I think is fantastic and a lot of fun for both kids and adults. But the thing that really stuck out to me was, so in that center field concourse, and I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to explain this, you should probably just head over to runningthird.net and check out my Phillies post. I think it's day 85. But there's, there's the only way to describe it is, is like a secret garden, is a secret little entrance or the secret window into center field where the two separate outfield walls have a bit of a separation there and they're all covered in ivy. And depending on the angle where you stand in, you get a really cool view of the deepest part of center field, left center field. Like I said, it's kind of hard to explain. So just check out that picture that I took. And I honestly stood in that spot for maybe five or six minutes and kind of just voyeuristically spied on this, the, the fans and the different players doing their warm-ups running uh, along the warning track there. It was just a, it's, a, it's a really cool little spot in the ballpark and a nice little unique spot, which I haven't seen anywhere else in the stadiums that I've gone to. Now, in addition, much like the Baltimore Orioles will have uh, Boo Powell hanging out during some of the games and signing some autographs for the kids, the Phillies have Greg Luzinski 
And Greg Luzinski is a former major leaguer with 300 plus home runs. And he sits there next to his barbecue stand and signs autographs and takes pictures for whoever wants to come by and chat with him. It's these little things. And I mean, it's not really a little thing because here you are getting a chat with a former major leaguer who had 300 plus bombs in his career. But it's, it's these types of things that make coming to the ballpark such a unique experience and such a fun experience and, and different from any other sport. You know, where a lot of the games you go to, you might meet a former major leaguer and be able to have a chat with him. I, I chatted with Greg for, for a good five, ten minutes. I'm telling you, I wish that, that I had more time at Citizens Bank. There was so much more that I wanted to do. Not the least of which was I was desperately trying to stalk the Philly Fanatic. Because it's been said and it's been talked about to death, but there's a reason why he is widely considered. I mean, by a, I mean I'm, it's not even a, a question. Not only is he just the best mascot in all of sports, to me, he's, he's really the only mascot that needs to exist. I can't think of any, I, I'm, I can't think of any other mascot or, or reason for a mascot to exist. The Philly Fanatic is perfection. He is fun, crazy, engaging, messes with the fans and the players alike. Just sitting there and watching, honestly, if I were you, I would get to Citizens Bank a couple hours early and just go sit in your seats about half hour, 45 minutes before game time and just keep your eye on the Fanatic because he is constantly whizzing around the outfield on his little four-wheeler, messing with the opposing team's players' warm-ups and just having a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, there were times where I saw him messing with some players, and I'm not even sure he was aware there was a crowd behind him. The Fanatic was just in his own head and enjoying himself, and it was, yeah, like I said, it, the, the, the Fanatic, I, I will add my my name to the long list of admirers to the Philly Fanatic and the antics of the Fanatic. I'm not quite sure. Do we call it a he or an it or a she? I know there's a female version um, of the Philly Fanatic, so I guess the Fanatic is technically a guy. I don't know. But regardless of, of the Fanatic's gender, he, she, or it is absolutely fantastic. My seatmates for this game were also a little bit different than something that I had, I had gone through before. On my left was a gentleman who was in town from the Pacific Northwest, and he was actually a Rockies fan. The Phillies were playing the Rockies in today's game. But he happened to be in town on business, and he'd never been to Citizens Bank Park. So as a baseball fan, he made, he actually I think he stayed an extra day so that he could catch a game at uh, the park. On the other side of me was a gentleman from Texas. And this gentleman had flown in that day just to see a game at Citizens Bank Park because he was also doing a 30-stadium tour. Now, he's doing it a little bit differently than myself. His tour spans years, and he'll go to a handful of parks every single year, and he'll fly back and forth to each park. But regardless of how he's doing it, he and I have the same mission, to see all 30 major league ballparks. For him, it's in his lifetime, and for me, it's in one season. I, I know I'm a little bit late to this, but I'm beginning to realize how crazy I am. So here we were. Three grown men, all going to a game by ourselves, one in town on business, 
one who flew in specifically just for this game and was going to be flying back uh, the next day, and myself, someone who's doing this in every city in America. To me, this was a microcosm of everything that I love about this sport. In front of me was a family with a couple of young kids that were having a good time and running up and down the aisles and enjoying themselves. And so you had your your family that were coming to the ballpark. And then here behind them, you had these three solitary men, these three men completely on their own, coming to the ballpark for the same reason. There was a Rockies fan, there was a Rangers fan, there was a Tigers fan, there was a Phillies fan, all in this little group of ours, but it didn't matter. We were all there for the same purpose. We were all connected to something bigger than all of us. The baseball stadium is a sanctuary in an otherwise very lonely world. I have mentioned on this podcast that I recently went through a very deep depression and this, this tour was my way of trying to get out of that. I've gone to many things by myself over the last four or five years of my life. I've gone to movies by myself. I've gone to comedy shows by myself. I've gone to restaurants by myself. I've gone on vacations by myself. I've done a lot of things by myself. I show up to those places alone. I leave there alone. And during the time that I spent there, I really don't speak to many other human beings. Not at a baseball park. You're almost not allowed to not interact (laughs) with other people at a baseball park. When you step through those gates, when you look onto that field, when you feel the energy, when you smell the smells, hear the noises, feel the, the wind on your face, it is impossible not to turn to the person next to you and want to share that with them and want to connect with each other and want to finally enjoy an experience with another human being. The three of us had all come to this game alone. We could have very easily just stayed in our own worlds, stayed focused on the action in front of us and not made eye contact with anyone else. But independent of each other, all three of us initiated conversation with each other just randomly. I ended up talking to the gentleman from Texas for about half an hour about transcendental meditation. I honestly, I know very little about transcendental meditation and he was able to teach me a lot. The gentleman from the Pacific Northwest and I talked about the possibility of me moving up there. And we talked about soccer and we talked about politics. And within this three hour game time, I had a a wide and varied conversation with two complete strangers. And I'm telling you, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life alone. The baseball stadium is the only place on earth that encourages strangers to become friends. There is no pressure of a bar or a club or anything like that. We're all there for the same reason. We're all there because we love this sport. We're all there because we get enjoyment and we understand. There's, there's an unspoken bond between baseball fans. They are the people who, when I tell them that I'm driving 17,000 miles in 95 days 
by myself primarily. They don't ask me why. <laughs> they don't look at me as if I'm a lunatic. Without fail, every single one of them say, oh, you're living my dream, man. I wish I could do that. And it's because of that little thread of insanity that runs through all of us that the baseball park is our sanctuary. It's our home. I think you might be able to tell that we're nearing the end of this tour as I'm getting a little more philosophical <laughs> about this whole experience. But I got two more left, Toronto and Boston. So stay tuned to hear my adventures crossing the border and then crossing it back to visit the oldest ballpark in America. For now, as always, you can head over to roundingthird.net and read all the stadium reports that I made and all the photos that I took. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at roundingthirdmj. Email me at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. I absolutely love reading every single one of your emails. Whether you got a story or a comment or anything, I just talked about connecting each other, connecting with each other at the ballpark. So why don't we take that to the next logical step and let's connect with each other in life. To each and every one of you listening to this right now, I want to say thank you. I'm, I'm incredibly appreciative of you. But now it's time for me to head to the Great White North. I am Canada bound. So join me, won't you? As I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week. <laughs>